0: All righty, hello again, everyone. Welcome to it. It's Tuesday, glorious Tuesday. I'm Derek Hunter. This is the Derek Hunter Show for the 17th of May, 2022. I don't know why. I almost said 2024. You know, that election can't come fast enough. Let's just say that. Appreciate you listening, sharing, downloading, telling a friend, all that good stuff. More ears we get into. The better off I am and the better off we are as a community. Appreciate it. Seriously do. And patreon.com slash Podcast. Appreciate all of that as well. Um, I think I'm going to be posting some new pictures up there today. So... By the time you hear this, there should be new pictures. I usually set things to go right at midnight. So uh, check it out if you're so inclined. Maybe I'll make these ones public because my family's, my kids are so damn cute. Anyway, appreciate all of that. All right. Now, uh, we've got a lot of things to get. I thought it was something else I had to say. Yeah, I can't remember. What happens, you get a kid turn. Oh, yes. People have been emailing me as they want to send like cards or. Barbie things or whatever to Quinn for her birthday. First of all, you don't have to. The kid has more Barbies than a Target. Not really, but some of them are the cheap Barbies. Don't ever buy a three dollar Barbie just because it's a doll. The arms come right off. And so my daughter's got a bunch of disabled. But bar- they're super cheap. Super. They're like uh, the Kmart knockoff brand Barbies. It's kind of funny. <laughs> like what? this put this back together, and then you just it comes a point where you can't put it back together. And uh, it all goes to hell. And you have to try and explain to her about uh, how you've got to come up with a creative. Either First of all, put the Barbie away. And that becomes the Barbie she's obsessed with, which is a bit annoying. But uh, the rest of the time, you got to kind of uh, t- teach her a new way to play with these various Barbies. <laughs> I kind of find it funny. I bought it. I did buy a wheelchair Barbie. For just such an occasion, the problem is that the cheap Barbies don't bend at the knees, so they're just riding around, stabbing everybody with their really flimsy plastic legs. But you know, once they stop looking, you. Take... Anyway, you don't need to know any of that. You, uh, some of you have asked how you can uh, send Quinn birthday wishes or what have you. We're having some of her little friends over to wrestle around in the backyard. Uh, this weekend, but if you want to send a card or what have you, you can send it to WCBM, to me, care of WCBM, at 1726 Reisterstown Road, R E I S T E R S T O W N Road, Suite 117, Baltimore, Maryland, 21208. I'll appreciate it, but the kid, really honestly, just, uh, you know. Wish her happy birthday in your head. I mean, if you want to send something, that's great. But uh, she's gonna be five. You could give her stuff from the pile down at the bottom of the pile of toys. You go, oh, this is brand new. Actually, I just bought her Legos. I had my first experience of stepping on Legos. I bought her just a regular brick Legos. She had other little Lego sets, but I bought her like a fifteen hundred brick set because she loves building with blocks, and so. Stepped on it for the first time. God, I've, I want to apologize to everybody for everybody who stepped on my Legos. Anyway, there you go. Let's, we've waited too long. Let's start the show. we got a lot of things going on. we got a long way to go and a short time to get there. On Eastbound, just watch old Bandit run. Um, <laughs> like I say, we've uh, we got a lot of uh, things going We had this situation is where we start off. We have to start off with these mass shootings. One, one matters. One, the media is paying attention to. And the other one, eh, not so much. Doesn't really fit the narrative. Now, the first one is in Buffalo. Monster went in there and killed 10 people in a shopping mall. Horrible, horrible situation. The other one's out in California. The problem was that the shooter out there... It's Asian. It's not white. Now, in uh, a lot of circumstances for the left, Asians, they count Asians as white because they can't count Asians as a minority, or they just ignore Asians altogether. They can't count Asians as a minority because Asians are doing better than white people in just about every unit of measure. So you sit there and you go, well, it's a horrible, racist, fundamentally racist country. And you go, what about? Why is it that Asians and people from India, why are they doing so well in this horrible, racist, oppressive country? And then suddenly everything falls apart. See, Democrats like to lie, really. They like to lie to them. I'm trying to think of a better word, but they they lie about every single thing. Like if you look at income and school scores and everything, they're kicking the butt of evil, evil whiting. Which I guess maybe, I'm surprised they haven't come out with the idea that, well, Whitey's just too busy oppressing blacks and Hispanics, that they haven't gotten around yet to the Asians, which seems a little bit ridiculous. And if you look at the history of this country, quite frankly, the history of this country is not particularly good about any minority. I mean, you can find the Irish need not apply and all the anti-Italian bigotry up in the Northeast. The Northeast hated everybody. But you can find anti-Asian bigotry, the railroads, how they were built, Democrats in World War II and the internment camps, all of those things you could easily point to. But uh, the left doesn't want you to think about those things. They don't want you to be aware of them. And they don't want you to think that there are mass shootings or shootings at all involving anybody who is not white. So watch the California shooting sort of disappear, sort of disappear. It'll be mentioned. The only reason it's being covered at all is because, well, there's some, you you can bury it under the, the one thing, you know, the, the, uh, you can, there's only one person killed out there and five were wounded. So, They can sort of dismiss that and sort of gloss over it and quickly move on to the next thing. And you think, well, you're being a little bit more cynical than usual today, Derek. First of all, no, I'm not. Secondly, there are, uh, there's a reason for this. They'll only mention it in the context of the Buffalo shooting. That's it. And then they'll stop doing that. So that when somebody does say, well, you stopped covering the shooting out in California, they'll say, "Uh, well, no, we covered it, but we we didn't. One trial and one investigation will be reported on ad nauseum, nonstop. And the other one will not. The other one will not. Why is that? Why did there was a shooter, uh, another mass shooting in Washington, D.C.? Just a couple weeks. I never heard of this. Um, <laughs> this guy had a sniper set up and he was shooting. I didn't. He was black. So it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Did you know about it? You probably didn't. Washington Post sort of reported on it under the banner, local crime and public safety. Local crime and public safety inside the race to find the gunman raining bullets on a D.C. school. Now that right there in just the title has everything the left would love to cover. The only problem was the shooter was a black man. When the first booms ripped along the line of bumper-to-bumper cars waiting for students to leaving the Edmund Burke School for the day, William James Peterson thought construction scaffolding had collapsed. But a deafening second round of blasts left the military-trained veteran D.C. police officer with no doubt. It was gunfire. He sprinted from the garage to a lane between buildings where the line of parents picking up uh, their children formed. Throwing his protective vest, throwing on his protective vest, drawing his firearm, and breathing heavily, he keyed up an alert tone on his radio. Quote, 4101 Connecticut Avenue, he told dispatchers. I believe we have an active shooter here. Get me units to respond. Harrowing. Did you hear about it? Did you hear about it? This was last week. <laughs> this was last. Did you hear about it? No, you didn't. Or at least I'd bet you didn't, because the shooter was a black man, didn't fit the narrative, didn't matter. Makes you really wonder about the Democrats' sincerity when it comes to pushing for gun control, doesn't it? Like uh, If you pass up on opportunities to make the case that they're trying to make every single time the shooter is white, that uh, maybe they're not as sincere about it as possible, Right. Maybe they're all frauds. Maybe they are all complete and total frauds. But this one up in Buffalo gives them an added bonus. This one allows them to attack Fox News. Why? Because they're making it up. Because they're making it up. Actually, they wanted to attack Fox News no matter what. One of the things, this this killer up in Buffalo wrote himself a manifesto, you see. And in it, He mentions the Democrats' argument, demographics are destiny. He's a racist, this guy, which, to my mind, makes him a progressive Democrat. But, hey, what are you going to do? He says amongst many things in this, and this is interesting, because he wrote his long manifesto really weirdly, like an interview with himself. Why did you choose the location of his attack? It's the black population was there as well. He also, also says, plus New York has heavy gun laws. So it would be, it would ease, it would ease me if I knew that any legally armed civilian was limited to a 10 round magazine or cucked firearms. Hmm. Are you a fascist? He said, yes, fascism is one of the only political ideologies that will unite whites against replacers. You sitting there going, "Oh, racism." He also hates. He also hates Jews. He's proud anti-Semite. The proud anti-Semite. Are you an anti-Semite? Yes. I wish all Jews to hell. Go back to hell, you were, you are from demon. Doesn't like Fox News. Yet Fox News is being blamed for all of this. It's clear that this person is a lunatic, but he says he describes himself as a leftist. Now, I don't know how many Fox News viewers and Tucker Carlson devotees are committed leftists out there. He says, did you always hold these views when I was... 12 I was deep into communist ideology talk to anyone from my old high school and ask me and uh, ask about me and you will hear that from age 15 to 18 however I was consistently I consistently moved further on the political compass I fall in the mild moderate authoritarian left category I would prefer to be called a populist that's weird he'd prefer to be called a populist Asked again, what are your views? I would prefer to call myself a populist, but you can call me an ethno-nationalist, echo fascist national, national socialist, if you want. I wouldn't disagree with you. That sounds like a rabid right winger, doesn't it? That you can't escape the uh, the left, the rabid left politicians. Blaming Fox News and Tucker Carlson. Why? Because this is an opportunity for them to attack them. That's what this is. This is an opportunity for them, they think, to do damage to Tucker. Now, nothing they've done in the past has done damage to Tucker. Uh, I don't suspect this will do damage to Tucker. People recognize that individuals are responsible for their own actions. But if we want to play this game, then Barack Obama has to answer legally for the murder of five Dallas police officers that he inspired, right? Right with his anti-police screeds when he was Remember that? You don't remember that because it didn't, it got coverage for a little bit, but not much. Barry went down there and gave a speech at their memorial service. That was a really douchey speech, but that was it. That was it. Uh, Bernie Sanders is responsible for James Hodgkinson. He needs to be charged with the attempted murder of Steve Scalise. If we're playing this game, we've got to play this game. We need to find out what the motives of this shooter in Washington, D.C. were. We need to find out the motives and politics behind all of these shooters. You remember the shooting at the Walmart down in Texas a couple years ago. They immediately blamed Trump on that. Oh, And then there was a mass shooting up in Ohio, I think it was, the same day. That guy was a rabid leftist. That one they kind of dropped like a hot potato. Oh, no anything could possibly be responsible for that who's to say it's weird how these people work you want to know why they disgust us if they want to know why people are disgusted by this someone on their own team someone on their own team commit something horrible and what they do they attack Us. They accuse us. At the end of his manifesto, this monster writes, two conservatives, ask yourself truly, what is modern conservative managed to conserve? What does it seek to conserve? The natural environment? Blah, blah, blah. He goes on to say, conservatism is dead. Thank God. He's not a conservative. He's an environmental lunatic. You want to blame the environmental movement? For this belief, you want to add in the racism that Democrats are stoking? Go ahead. You want to say that this unstable kid watched Tucker Carlson and took it to heart? You're insane. You're a rabid leftist. The difference between libertarianism and conservatism is nominal, really, on most things. Yet he's posting memes about modern American libertarianism was largely pioneered by Jews, he says. And there's a whole bunch of Jews. Ludwig von Mises, Milton Friedman, others, Ayn Rand. He did not like Jews. He did not like anybody. He was clearly mentally unstable. But if you're going to try and ascribe politics to him, do so accurately. He was a progressive environmentalist nut job. The dash of anti Semitism and racism thrown in. An echo fascist. How many people on the left could you describe as an echo fascist? Actually, how many people on the left could you not describe as an echo fascist? Maybe that's a better way to put it. I mean, honestly, if you read this guy's manifesto, he sounds like a member of the squad. The only problem is he wouldn't be invited to join the squad because. He's white and he seems racist, so he probably wouldn't want to join the squad. But ideologically on paper, the dude sounds like a member of the squad. I could go into geez, you know, you you fill kids' heads with critical race theory and you you badger them about how they're destroying the planet and of course some people are going to snap. But some people have always snapped. You can find monsters doing horrible things as far back in recorded history as history is recorded. You can find horrible things being done at the beginning of the last century. You can find horrible things being done all throughout human history. It's because human beings are individuals and the brain doesn't work on some people. And some people are simply sociopaths or whatever you want to blame it on. But it matters. It matters. And you can't blame it on someone else. There is no well-adjusted, normal human being who hears a monologue from somebody, right or left, and goes, well, that's it. I've got to kill now. That's not the way human beings work. There is something else fundamentally wrong with them. And we cannot live our lives catering to the possibility that somebody out there might be defective and hear what we say and go off the rails. You can't do that. Just like you can't legislate based on the worst-case scenario, which Democrats want to do all the time. A rational society wouldn't entertain these ideas, but our popular culture and media controlled by leftists isn't a rational part of society. They simply don't give a damn. It is about winning for them, period, end of story, end of sentence, end of everything. So they connect these disparate dots Because they're desperate and pathetic and sad. Did I mention they're pathetic and sad? Because they are. The the reason I I say these leftists, I want to see if I can find this, are just horrible people. They didn't know anything about this. They still, the left sets the narrative before the body count is done, before the body count is known. That's what makes them so formidable an opponent and despicable as creatures, as human beings. They really are just gross. Trying to find this because yeah, Joe Lockhart. Joe Lockhart was the press secretary for Bill Clinton. Now this guy came out and lied his ass off to the country about Monica Lewinsky. The entire time he was the press secretary the entire time of the Monica Lewinsky scandal. He never had a moment where he's like, oh geez, the president forced me to lie, and now I feel bad about that. He doesn't care. They don't care. They don't care. They're like, oh, It's for the cause. It doesn't matter. Joe Lockhart, by the way, didn't suffer for being a tool of the Clinton White House. He went on to run the communications for the NFL. That's a big pan gig. At Facebook, he was over there too, because liberals fail up. He's now got his own PR firm because that's what they do. And I'm sure that liberals are contracting. He's, Joe Lockhart is a fat, rich white man. It's what he is. It's what he's always been. As soon as this happened on Saturday, as it was happening, Joe Lockhart, more blood on the hand. He tweeted out this, more blood on the hands of Tucker Carlson and Fox News. This killer used their racist talking points to justify killing 10 people. Carlson won't stop because, as he explained to the New York Times, it's good for ratings. Lives be damned. And Carlson will be at judgment as Carlson will be at judgment day. Ooh. Ooh, uh, a, a, a proud, progressive, probably atheist. Oh, you'll be judged at judgment day. These people are such hypocrites and frauds. Oh, no. Oh, no, they're gonna go ahead. Now there are a lot worse things out there, but this is you know just a, a sample of it. There are a lot of people basically hoping against hope that someone like Tucker gets killed. That's what they want. Has nothing to do with any. They held this view on Friday. They wanted Tucker—because why? Because Tucker Carlson was too effective. That's why they're going after him. That's why they're trying to chain him to this. When if you read the Lunatics Manifesto, first of all, it becomes abundantly clear that he is mentally unstable. He's got problems. But if you read it, he's a man of the left. He's a man of the left. But because the left was so quick to get out there, to immediately set the narrative— to give, rather than blast out, they used to be. God, if you remember, I don't know why I remember this. Rush used to talk about this. In the early 90s, this is the first time I'd heard talking points and talking points memos, first time I'd ever heard it, was during the Clinton administration, they would send out a blast fax. Now, for, for kids out there listening, a fax is when you take a piece of paper and run it through a, a, a a telephone sort of thing. And if you don't know what a, a regular telephone is, it's connected to a wall. I can't help you. You run it through the telephone thing and it sent a copy of that to another fax machine connected to a telephone that would spit out a replica of that piece of paper, weirdly on very expensive paper. I remember uh, my friend George's mother had a fax machine. She was the first, she might've been the only person I ever knew to have a fax machine at home. Uh, she was a small business owner and she had. I remember like the rolls of paper. The paper was, she said, very expensive. I, that could have been 20 bucks. 20 bucks was very expensive to me back then. But it was like this weird roll scroll and you had to rip it off and everything. And you had to, I had to load it a couple of times. But when she'd get a fax and whenever I needed to fax anything, I'd have to go over to their house because Kinko's would charge like a buck a page. I didn't have a buck a page. But, um, the fax machine every day would the Clinton White House would fax out their talking points memo for the day to liberal groups and the liberal media and everything. And it was one of those things where they all got badgered with it, but it worked because they all adopted it. They'd set the narrative. Now, uh, well, after that, it evolved to an email and an email group called Journalist put together by Ezra Klein, who is now a columnist at the New York Times, of course. there uh, That would be a blast email with hundreds of left-wing reporters on it that would discuss how to discuss the news, what terms to use. If you, you thought all this stuff was organic... None of it is organic. The left doesn't let anything happen. They don't let the the right kind of goes la di da, we'll figure it out as it goes. The left is constantly planning because they they have desires on power. They really desperately want power. And they got if they get it, they got things they want to do. That's why they come up with, you know, hey, we're in power. Here's a two thousand page bill. Like, where the hell did that come from? Well, it just so happened that I've had this in my uh my sock drawer for a decade and now the opportunity has presented itself whereas republicans go we hope to have our plan together within the next six to eight months really sick that takes that long their plan to deal with inflation is going to be finalized by the summer they say like, okay well shouldn't you have like a rough outline of your plan to deal with with inflation because inflation has been around a little while and inflation was always a threat you should have had something, an outline. Anyway, these people have their playbooks. They have their orders. And so if you're watching reports and like, geez, those, all those reporters are using the same language. That's because the word is going out. This is how you talk about it. This is what you say gravitas say gravitas the example i use because it's the most striking one use gravitas to describe dick cheney's choice as vice president by george w bush it implies that uh, bush is an idiot and he needs somebody smart on the ticket to balance his idiocy and so what did you hear well it's gravitas gravitas he brings gravitas he adds gravitas 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 That was back in the day when the memos were still being faxed. Journalists came out and they they kept it off of paper. Eventually, the Daily Caller ended up getting their hands on a whole bunch of journalist emails and exposed how the left-wing media had worked to create various narratives. All these so-called journalists had been in on the discussion of how to talk about certain things and the best way to make them work for the Democrat Party. Now, Joe Lockhart, Twitter does it. They do it right out in public. They do it right out in public. Joe Lockhart tweets out, it's Tucker Carlson and Fox News' fault. And all the usual suspects getting like, oh, it's Tucker Carlson's fault. It's Fox News's fault. This guy is doing this, that, and the other thing. Forget the fact that he's an environmental nut job, doomsday cultist, anti-Semitic, lunatic leftist who really could be a member of the squad. Forget all of that stuff. He watches Fox. There's no evidence that he likes Fox. In fact, he's attacked Fox in his manifesto, but it doesn't matter. He's declared himself a member of the authoritarian left. And what does the authoritarian left do? They say he's a right winger. Mm, No, I get it. You don't want the credit for your work. Sometimes, you know things don't work out for you. Do you think the guy who built that bridge in that famous video where it's wobbling back and forth, remember that bridge that was wobbling back and forth in the wind and then eventually it collapsed? I bet that guy wasn't, didn't list that bridge on his resume. Oh, you know that bridge that uh, everybody loves watching the footage of? I designed that bridge. No. So the left, of course, doesn't want to claim this guy as their own it'd be problematic. Plus, you can't really fundraise off of, hey, uh, we helped inspire mass murder. Am I being too harsh? No. Now, I'm using their tactics against them, which is, you know, turnabout is the fairest of plays. Even Essie Cupp, who's supposedly a conservative, I I I don't know Essie Cup anymore. I certainly don't know this Essie Cup. And it makes this Essie Cup makes me wonder if I ever knew Essie Cup. But I'll never forget. <laughs> I never found her particularly interesting or bright. She was moderately attractive back in the day, but that was that was the only reason she got on TV. She was just kind of dumb, a shameless self promoter. But uh, she never impressed me. And we're at a party. I think it was a Young Americas Foundation gala or something and we're standing there in the corner talking and uh, she was known at that point for being on foxed on stuff i don't know if she was on cnn by then or not i can't remember it doesn't matter she disappeared basically when she went on cnn uh but she uh she was telling me that realistically she doesn't want to do this punditry stuff forever she She's an intellectual, you see. She wants to go into academia in think tanks because she's an intellectual. And having worked in think tanks and having been around a bunch of intellectuals, I can assure you that I had to... I had to engage amount, an amount of self-control for which I am still proud of myself to not do the world's largest spit-take and empty the content of my drink that was in my mouth all over everybody within a ten-foot radius of me at that moment. I just when she said, "No, I'm an," Italy, I just I couldn't do it. I almost choked not doing it. But um, you know, not all heroes wear capes. Some of them, some of them attend galas in Washington D.C. and get hammered at them. It was she on Saturday? Supposed conservative over at CNN said, "Quote the toxic garbage being pushed by MAGA." Q, Fox, and even many GOP members of Congress has real, and the reels in caps, real consequences. But these are the same people who insist right-wing extremism isn't a threat to our national security. It isn't even real, real again. Maybe she's got something that auto-corrects the word real because it's immediately all in caps again. It isn't even real, they say. It was very real in Buffalo today. Very real in Buffalo today. There's no evidence required to say, oh, if he'd have written a manifesto or he said, you know what? I wasn't going to do this. I was perfectly well adjusted. I was sitting around contemplating a happy Saturday when I saw this um, Tucker Carlson monologue about MAGA on this Q website. And boy, howdy, I just decided today I had to go and kill a bunch of people. Then maybe you could have a case, but that's not the case at all. And if you read what he wrote, again, I have to say that he himself declared himself to be a rabid leftist. You can see why the left scrambled so desperately to go, (laughs) I I wasn't even in town that month, was not me, twas not I, said the guilty party. Despicable, despicable people. They really are just gross. I don't want to spend the whole show on this thing, so I'm going to stop talking about it because there'll be more as it develop The one out in Los Angeles, which you can't really find any information on, that one won't be talked about at all. But the rest, the, the one in Buffalo, they will do that. I just, I, on this, I you uh, want to talk about irony. Last week, the uh, Politifact did a fact check, and fact check has to be in air quotes. A fact check on the use of the word groomer. No, 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 no. This is not grooming. There's no. Gro- there's no groomer. Who are these groomers? These monster groomers? No, no. Nobody's grooming anything. And so I read this stupid thing, and it is. Uh, it's telling. It's so liberal and biased. It completely and deliberately takes things out of context. The headline is, Why It's Not Grooming. What research says about gender and sexuality in schools? What research? When I pick things, what research says about it? And so I looked up who the author of this fact check was. It had somebody named Madison Chopek, right? Madison Chopek. And so I just did a simple Google search of Madison Chopek. And wouldn't you know it, her... Uh, her Facebook profile photo comes up pretty easily. Once you learn how to spell Chopek is her smiling with the progressive rainbow flag. It's it's not the gay pride flag. It's part of the pride flag. And then it's, it's like there's 10 extra colors. And I don't know what the hell it all stands for. Just mockingly call it the progressive pride flag. Like, gee, what do you think uh, somebody with the progressive pride flag would conclude? Well, you, you think she said, by the way, if you look at her Twitter feed and you look at her Facebook feed, it is all about defending LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ individuals, which is fine if you want to go be an activist. It's not so fine if you want kind to of claim that you are a uh, fact checker, right? Because you're not really checking any facts. You're, you're confirming your own political biases. But That's beside the point. Well, they said there's no grooming. There's no grooming going on in schools. It's ridiculous. It's an outrage. How would anybody say that? that's not what grooming is? They're just trying to educate children, make them feel comfortable in their own skin and all that other crap. Well, well, well. This headline, former school counselor accused of having sex with teen student police say. What? Zabella Brazil Vinick, 29 years old, is accused of having inappropriate, an appropriate relationship with a teen student. I love it when they do this because it's a woman's a female student or a female teacher. It's just called sex, like they were hooking up. It's rape. It's called rape. If the genders were reversed, it would be rightly called rape. It's rape one way or the other. It doesn't really matter. Like, oh, rape, it's statutory rape if the girl is under 18. But it's statutory rape only if the boy is under seven. Because otherwise, those kids are into it. But Zabella helped organize a drag show at her elementary school or at her high school. Just, she was a school counselor. She arranged drag shows for students. And now she's been accused of raping them, not accused by the media, but accused by the law, because if it was just a hookup, there would be no crime there, right? But no, she. this is something she'd posted before being arrested, of course. Are you interested in being part of the... THMS first annual drag show? We would love to have you. We need performers, backstage support, marketing support, etc. If you're interested, join us for our weekly Tuesday meeting for more information. The last day to sign up to perform is Monday, March 7th, and performers must be present at the planning meeting on Tuesday, March 8th. Email me. Zabella Vinick. It's weird. We'd love to have you organizing these things. She, of course, has the hair you'd expect. She's not There's no visible tattoos on her neck or face, so I guess in that sense. And her earlobes do not seem to be stretched out to be able to accommodate a Frisbee. No spikes through her nose, but the hair is pink. And you're sitting there and you're going, well, is this grooming? Is this grooming? Do we know if the 15-year-old, she's accused of raping, Participated in the drag queen thing? Don't know. See, grooming isn't just that. It's normalizing, it's desensitizing kids to things. It is sensitizing things to other things you are comfortable with, other things you want to do, other things you want to normalize. You groom them into accepting what was unacceptable, what should be unacceptable. Sadly, the biggest groomer of all is the media. Who every time a female teacher or counselor, or authority figure or whatever, rapes an underage boy, they call it. Oh, she's accused of having sex. Well, it's having sex with somebody a crime. Isn't there another reason this person's arrested? They never get into it, do they? Now, I want to shift. I want to play this audio of our vice president. There is, um, <laughs> there's something. She's the worst politician I've ever seen. It's amazing to me. Now, there are creepier politicians. There are other people where you look at them and you go, how the hell did you ever get elected? But as far as just the ability, the skills of politics compared to the uh, achievements in politics, not political achievements, but the achievements in politics, meaning getting elected. You have to wonder how the hell this person managed to get elected in California. Granted, it's California. But get elected the Attorney General of the state of California and then get elected to the United States Senate from the state of California. Because the second, like, that's a it's a pretty impressive leap to go from Willie Brown's side piece, his girlfriend, to Attorney General of the state. You would think most mortals would be ruined by the fact that they got their first job in politics by fooling around with the boss. That might be... Uh, problematic for a lot of people but it's it's not not if you're a democrat anyway i don't know if there's an equivalent on the right or not but the democrat it's it's a resume enhancer as they say but uh to go then to attorney general you could say well granted the attorney general who pays attention to the attorney general's speeches you go to a, a rally for an attorney general and there's like family there nobody cares it's the attorney general Okay, I could understand that. But when you go to the United States Senate, when you make that leap to the United States Senate, there are a lot of people who want to be in the United States Senate. A lot of people who want to be in the Senate. So they uh, fight for it. She had to be better than the other people running for the United States Senate. How bad were the people running against her in the primary for the United States Senate? How bad had they had to have been? It just has to be, you know, like, was there a corpse? Was there somebody promising to murder a whole bunch of people? Like, how do you win in that? How does she how do people vote for her and go, oh, you know what? She's just wonderful. She's the one we must have. (laughs) I honestly don't get it, but uh, she won. And then she thought, well, I've won. I haven't served an entire term in the United States Senate yet. But you know what? I've been so successful that I've got to run for president of the United States. And boy, howdy, could you not have asked for more glowing press. She was the first woman of color running for president of the United States with a, a realistic chance, a viable chance to be the uh, the next President of the United States. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And then the wheels fell off. I mean, actually, they never really put the wheels on. She was terrible. Terrible as a candidate. The fundra- Every opportunity she had to not suck, she sucked. Pretty simple. Pretty straightforward. She dropped out in December. The first primaries and caucuses were held in January, so she didn't make it. She raised a ton of money and didn't even make it to the first vote. Scott Walker catches hell because he did the same sort of thing, burned out before he got even to the first vote. Scott Walker did not have the entire left-wing media complex propping him up like Weekend at Bernie's. Kamala Harris did. They were giggly gaggles of reporters following her around, glowing coverage. And she still was so awful that she didn't make it to the... I'm looking up now the California. She won. California has a a, a voting system where it's the, the open primaries. Everybody sort of the two top vote getters in the primary. You can have your party known, but the two top vote getters go against each other. And so she ran against, in 2016, another Democrat named Loretta Sanchez, who had to be just, I mean, she was a member of Congress, had to be just terrible. And that's how Kamala won. She could only beat another Democrat. But she's an awful politician. Hey, have you been down to the border? I haven't been to Europe either. Well, God. Tone deaf. Tone deaf. And so... Over the weekend, Kamala was at this event on climate change. Climate, you'd think that'd be right in your wheelhouse. Climate, every Democrat is a devoted climate changer. They don't buy into it, they don't believe this crap. It's a matter for them to get control. It's an issue for them to assert power. It's a way for them to scare the hell out of people and get themselves votes. That's what it is. But she, off script, Maybe it's on script. I don't know. She does look down a lot in the video. Somebody may have written this for her. She is a horrible politician. Not not a bad person, although maybe she is. She's horrible at politics. She's a horrible politician. It's like somebody's a horrible doctor. He's a good guy, but he's a horrible doctor. Well, you don't want to go to him when you're sick, but you will shoot around a round of golf with him. She's a horrible politician. She can I'd never realized how incoherent she was. My only interactions or memories of Kamala Harris for the twenty minutes she was in the United States Senate were at the confirmation hearings for various members of the Supreme Court, three of them. She was always lauded as oh she's good. She's a great interrogator. she's a former prosecutor. That's why she cross examines these right wing nut jobs so effectively. And you watch the video, and all it is is her interrupting people and asking asinine questions. I'll never forget when she was questioning Brett Kavanaugh. She's like, when anybody at this law firm, do you know anybody at this law firm who would know you? I'm like, I don't, I don't know who works at that law firm. No, no, would you know anybody? Do you, do you know anybody? Like, I don't know. Well, you can't. And then she's like leading up to something, but never actually got there because she wasn't leading up to anything. She was just trying to infer things that, oh, maybe there's somebody else out there who says he got a little handsy with him. There wasn't. There wasn't. She never brought it up, but she's scum like that. She would have been drummed out of a courtroom for that sort of behavior. But the United States Senate, she gets promoted to vice president. Well, like I said, she's at this climate changey thing. And this is just 34 seconds long. And in this 34 seconds, she's... Talking about how we'll work together with other countries. We'll work together, work together with progressive group, work together. She says work together five times in 30 seconds without ever saying anything. Try and figure out what in the hell she's talking about here. You'd think this is a moment where the teleprompter broke and you weren't prepared. And maybe it's during the State of the Union address or some sort of speech to a union. No, she's sitting down with her notes. What she's looking at is on a piece of paper. She's just horrible. And she probably has bullet points in front of her, not the actual script of what she's supposed to say. But even with bullet points, you should recognize that, hey, I've gone back to this work together bullet point four times. I should probably not make it a fifth. But no, here she goes.
1: That is especially
2: true when it comes to the climate crisis, which is why we will work together and continue to work together to address these issues to tackle these challenges, and to work together as we continue to work operating from the new norms, rules, and agreements that we will convene to work together on to galvanize global action. With that, I thank you all. This is a matter of urgent priority for all of us, and I know we will work on this together.
0: <laughs> just, just, in case you, just in case you're just waking up. We will work together, uh, being together, work together, togetherness, togetherness, together. It's like, are you a cat poster of like kittens all huddled together? Oh, it's better together. How did she get elected to anything? What in the hell is wrong with people? And they go, all right, uh, OK, Loretta Sanchez is, was she an axe murderer? Was she in the midst? Of committing, like if she's a reformed axe murderer, I would have voted for her over Kamala Harris. But no, she's this is the best they got. This is why you should hire people based on merit. This is why you should select politicians based on merit, not identity politics. Democrats don't do that. They can't do that. Um, speaking of Democrats having problems, this is pretty interesting. Is an NBC News poll out. You can tell NBC News cooks the books. They desperately want Democrats to come off well in these polls. They do it by oversampling Democrats at a time when everybody recognizes that there's an exodus from the Democrat Party. There's still way more Democrats than Republicans in there. And even when you do that, you find that um, the American people don't really care about the things that Democrats want them to care about. Right? Right? NBC News poll, which one of these issues is most important facing the country? And then second, which is the second most important? So you get the, fir- the first number I'll give you is their first choice this is the most important issue. The second number is when they say, all right, well, this is my first choice, but this is my second choice. So if the first choice, for example, the number one issue is the cost of living, the cost of living, inflation. 22% say that. Now, they gave them these choices, and whoever made this list is pretty stupid because the second choice is also related to the cost of living. It's jobs in the economy. Inflation. Jobs in the economy. The economy is inflation. The cost of living is inflation. They're both inflation. So the cost of living, 22% said that's the most important. Jobs in the economy, 18% said they're the most important. When you look at cost of living, people said it's either their first or their second most important thing, 36%. Jobs in the economy, it's 33% when it's you add them together. Abortion, 10%. 10%. Now, those are the people who are Voting on abortion, I told you about them all the time. These are the people who are going to vote on abortion, no matter what. Either they're pro-life or they're pro-choice. It doesn't matter. If it's your number one issue, whichever side of it you fall on is your vote is already baked into the cake, right? We know how you're going to vote. if that If everything else be damned, that's what you're going to do. But you have to go down a ways. You got immigration and the situation on the border. 9% say it's their top issue. Another 11% say it's their second issue. So combined first or second, it's 20%. Not good for Democrats. Climate change, only 9% top issue. But then you get down to here where it's the war between Russia and Ukraine. 7% is the first choice. When you add in the second choice, it goes up to 16%. Yet you get Mitch McConnell in the United States Senate the other day saying the war in Ukraine is the most important issue going on in the world today. You've got the president of the United States and Democrats and Republicans fighting desperately for $40 billion to send over there, which is a huge sum of money, particularly for a small, corrupt country. They simply don't care. The American people aren't interested. Do we wish Ukraine well? Of course we do. But do we sit down there and say this, uh, you know, we must drop everything? Absolutely not. Absolutely positively not under any circumstances. By the way, the same NBC poll, they did right track, wrong track for the country. You want to find something that really encapsulates bad times ahead for the Democrats, at least as of now. Never spiked the football on the five-yard line. But, said the uh, NBC News, 75% say the country is on the wrong track. That is the highest number since 2008. Just 16% say the country is on the right track. Also the lowest since 2008. Who the hell hell is the, or the 16% are going, you know what? This is pretty good. I like the fact that gasoline is about five bucks a gallon. I like the fact that every day we're setting new gas prices. I love the fact that everything we buy is way more expensive. I saw this meme on uh, Facebook the other day. It might've even been posted by my sister, but it was out there going, oh, you know, everything is more expensive. Uh, They're calling it inflation. Why not call it what it is? It's corporate greed. Every corporation around the entire world all at once decided, let's jack up prices. Let's do now's the time to pounce. Let's price gouge. And every mom and pop shop across the country said, hey, let's join in. Let's do that. No single business out there said, you know what? We're not going to play this game. We're going to keep our prices low. In fact, we're going to lower them a little bit more so as to make it up on volume. It's always people who don't understand capitalism who are the harshest critics of capitalism. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. Yeah, let's all do this all together. That'll screw over everybody. And the gas company's like, yeah, let's do that. And the trucking industry says, well, this is great. This is wonderful. We can raise the prices. for, And uh, everything that we've made by jacking up our prices is immediately consumed by the cost of diesel being about $7 a gallon. Couldn't possibly have anything to do with printing trillions of dollars. It couldn't possibly have anything to do with mismanagement by the Biden administration. It couldn't possibly. It has to be evil, evil corporations. Except even leftists are out there saying, you know, Joe Biden's problems might not have caused everything, but they certainly made it worse. Left-wing Vox, V-O-X, they can always be counted on to accuse Republicans of anything and everything. They are good, loyal Democrats. But every once in a while, they accidentally tell the truth. They have a piece up now. Biden's American rescue plan worsened inflation. The question is, how much? Huh. What do you know about that? Every once in a while, a stop clock is right twice a day. With President Joe Biden's legislative agenda stalled in Congress, the American Rescue Plan and the $1.9 trillion stimulus bill Democrats passed in March 2021 may stand as his biggest achievement, but did it contribute to the country's current inflationary mess? The massive spending law, which includes $1,400 checks for each family, blah, 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 said, uh, some economists argue that though this came at a cost of making inflation worse, new consumer price index released Wednesday showed prices up 8.3% compared to the year before. They conclude that it actually did make things worse. Vox did. Not Fox. Vox. The U.S. had significantly worse core inflation than comparable economies. Why? Because they compared it to the rest of the world, and our inflation rate is three or more percentage points higher than just about every other country in the world. That comes down to the policies of the president of the United States. Not corporate greed, not price gouging, just reality. Inconvenient as it is. We 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 do have a new press secretary, a new mouthpiece for the administration. It's really sort of amazing the Hiring practices of this president of the United States. There is no standard. Things that would get you destroyed. The cancel culture people would come after you left and right. They are uh, points of pride. Resume enhancers for the left. It's weird how that works out. You have to. You're Oh, you're on board? Okay, well, let's do this. You. You hate this. You hate that. You got this horrible track record of, okay, sure, yeah, no, let's do this. Karine Jean-Pierre, I mean, aside from the fact that she's married to a reporter at CNN, <laughs> and all like, hey, you know what, love is love, and wicked. yeah, okay, bias is bias, too, and I don't care who you marry or what have you, but you, you your spouse should not be reporting anywhere near the administration. And it's kind of problematic that if you report something negative or if somebody says something negative on air about uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, her wife would be walking around the halls going, I heard what you said. I heard what you said. That's not cool. I'm going to make sure you pay for what you said. I don't know that that's happening, but it's about the appearance of impropriety supposed to be used to be at one point in journalism you had to avoid the appearance of a conflict of interest now you say well there's sure as hell is a whole lot of appearance of conflict of interest and what do you get back you say well you can't prove though you can't prove that it's an actual conflict of interest oh all right that cbs news reporter who uh, she worked on the abortion beat she worked on the abortion beat for a couple of years. I can't remember her name. Her name is irrelevant now. Kate Smith, I think it might be her name. But she uh she worked for covering abortion for CBS News and you watched any one of her reports, no matter what you felt about the issue, it doesn't matter. She was so clearly biased, it was ridiculous. She was in favor of abortion. She loved abortion. She probably would go out and get pregnant. She's like, are you going to get pregnant just to have abortions? You, you really love abortion. It's too much. Well, she recently left CBS News to do what? To be the media point person for Planned Parenthood. Like, well, that's a little bit on the nose. She should never have been hired. She, she worked for Planned Parenthood all she wants. I don't care. She should have never been hired at CBS News. She should have looked at it and said, this is, look, you, your writings, your your history, you, you love abortion. You love an abortion like a fat kid likes cake, okay? We can't have you covering abortion. You want to cover something else? And, no, 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 I only want to cover abortion. All right, well, then you can't do it here. That's what should have been done. Instead, they just let it slide. They never made a comment on it. They wished her, well, congratulations, we've got you in our Rolodex. Every time an abortion story comes up, we know your cell phone number, so we'll get to you right away. Don't worry, we won't challenge you on anything. Same sort of thing. You should not have the wife of the White House press secretary, she's a lesbian, she's a black lesbian, that's her selling point, uh, a reporter reporting on any aspect of the administration that she works for. Well, you also shouldn't have somebody with Karine Jean-Pierre's history working as the mouthpiece for the President of the United States. This is a montage. It's a long montage. It's about two minutes long. But it is worth noting, it is just a tiny fraction of the number of times, because Karine Jean-Pierre was... She was uh, like the spokeswoman for MoveOn.org, left-wing radical group. She was the spokesmodel for Martin O'Malley's presidential campaign, which was a joke. She worked in the Biden administration. She's been around left-wing causes her entire professional career. So she has always been a mouthpiece for these things. And she's always been out there on cable news throwing the rhetorical bombs. Well, the only bomb the left has is racism. Or, well, it's not the only bomb. It is their favorite bomb. And so, Karine Jean-Pierre, being an unthinking member of the left, did exactly what you'd expect an unthinking member of the left to do. She called everything racist. Everything
2: Racism, sexism, misogyny, all of that, homophobia, xenophobia, we, we connected to Donald Trump, but it existed before Donald Trump. Fox News was racist before coronavirus, they are racist during the coronavirus, Fox News will be racist after the coronavirus. Racism has, was, bef- was here before Donald Trump, and it's, uh, sadly it will be here after okay. Donald Trump. It walks like a racist, talks like a racist, acts like a racist, it is a racist. And we have a racist president in the White House who really pushes his racist like a peacock. Donald Trump is the first president to have purposefully had made has made racism the center of his of his campaign of his administration clearly I think Donald Trump wants to get rid of legal immigration and it's because of people who come from brown and black countries he might do away with daca which is another moral line that he would be crossing which is something that would be enforcing advancing a sub- white supremacy agenda Donald Trump was a white supremacist in 2011 when he decided to be the grand wizard of the Birther movement. Birtherism, which is inherently racist. They want to put up these awful voter registration, su- voter suppression laws, which is racism, to make it difficult for people of color to vote. And voter suppression is racism. That's exactly what it is. Xenophobia and racism has always played a role in outbreaks. If you look at SARS, if you look at Ebola, if you look at yellow fever, or Spanish flu. We've been talking about the coronavirus and how it is an epidemic in this country, which is true. But another epidemic in this country is racism. Remember George Floyd, among um, uh, Aubrey, um, and so many lives, uh, Black lives, that were lost last year because of violence, um, because of racism, because of you know white supremacy. Can we kind of dispel this whole idea that the Tea Party was about the deficit? Yeah. When, when clearly that is not true. What it was about was a reactionary to the the, the 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 racism in America that we were seeing at the time. And what are we going to do to actually um, start? the process because it's going to take some time to uproot systemic racism we have to continue to call out this racism we cannot stop not doing that
0: yeah you gotta call racism racism she's got racism Tourette's everything is racist everything is racist well calling everything saying everything is racist is racist too it's racist it's racist it's racist is there an American out there that she has not called a racist at this point And you get a chance to pick somebody for your administration, to be the face, to be the mouthpiece of your administration, and that's what you choose. That's what you choose. That's where you go. You want to talk about how far the Democratic Party has gone, how far much they've changed in recent history? Right there. Look no further than that. Look no further than that. Just straight up, oh, no. It's racist, it's racist. Everything is racist. Oh, DACA is racist. Oh, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. It's racist, racist, racist. Racist, racist, racist. I'd like to say that there's something better that these people can do. There's not. They've got nothing else. They bring nothing else to the table. There isn't a Democrat out there who is interested in having a discussion on the serious matters of the day or working together with Republicans. Out there on the serious issues of the day. You got the President of the United States calling everybody who disagrees with a federalizing of the voting of, of elections. Well, that's Jim Crow 2.0. You're in favor of Jim Crow 2.0. You're trying to suppress the black. Well, how do you work with somebody like that? No, it's just there's no role for the federal government. Or I disagree. Even if you say, if you agree there's a role for the federal government in these elections, which there isn't constitutionally even if you agree with that if you say but i don't like this aspect of it you're called a monster how do you then compromise with that person why would you compromise with that person and now the person who is going to be messaging on behalf of the president of the united states is the same sort of person you're a racist you're anist. you're a phobe you're this you're that you're the other thing and it's like i, I don't know why anybody would bother I cannot understand for the life of me why anybody would bother. And what do the Democrats do? They run around and go, oh, the Republicans are refusing to work with us. What What are you willing to compromise on? You're calling every one of us a, a monster, first of all. You'd be willing to stop doing that? No. Okay, well, then you want to raise taxes. How about we don't raise taxes? No, nope, we got to raise taxes. Uh, you want to regulate businesses into oblivion. How about we don't do that? No. You want to mandate the use of technology that doesn't work. You want to maybe change? Nope, we're not doing that either. How do you work with somebody like that? You can't. You can't. And then as they're standing and staring electoral defeat in the face, and they are staring electoral defeat in the face, you get this hyperbolic setup to already try to delegitimize the election you can tell when somebody's losing when they do garbage like this ian Milheiser is the uh, he's the senior correspondent at vox news again with vox news this lets you know how left-wing they are when they're blaming joe biden's policies for some at least some of the inflation he tweeted over the weekend and this is going to be uh, pretty standard stuff going forward this should be, well, if it was a Republican doing it, it would be denounced. But this is how Democrats are. You've got Nancy Pelosi saying this. You've got Chuck Schumer saying this. You've got Joe Biden saying this. You've got all Democrats saying the, some variation of this. Ian tweets, quote, What is the optimistic case for U.S. democracy? Like, it's assumed that Republicans win the House, or the White House and Congress in 2024. What is the case that the United States will again have a competitive national election in my lifetime? Meaning Republicans will seize power and then it's over. They'll ruin democracy. They'll do that. Now, what does it matter? What does it matter what some uh, some D-bag from Vox News thinks? Well, he is what they call a thought leader on the left. I know it's usually used it's kind of used ironically here but hey it's used ironically with everybody on the left it sets the tone this is where the narrative starts it percolates up to the political class from this saying well if republicans win republicans winning in elections nancy pelosi said earlier this year is a threat to democracy How do you square that circle? It's the actual act. of It's actually democracy. How can you say it's a threat to democracy? Democracy is the threat to democracy. And therefore, in order to save democracy from the great unwashed, we have to seize power. Well, Democrats won't go anywhere with the we have to seize power. What they're trying to do is change the rules again in an election so they can cheat and win. That's what they do. That's what they did. That's what they're going to try to do. Can't be allowed to happen. In the name of democracy, we have to destroy democracy. That's what the left is pushing. I guess if you're going to go down that route, Karine Jean-Pierre is as good a mouthpiece as any to have out there trying to sell it to the American people. She's already displayed a willingness to lie, with a straight face. Now, she was uh, she's done a couple of these press briefings. She's not good at it. She's not nearly as skilled as Ginger Goebbels. She doesn't have the, I'll circle back to you. I'm sure there are still reporters out there with their notes going, huh, Jen never circled back to me on this thing. Uh, what wonder what that was all about. Well, it's because she didn't have a good answer. And you're a bad reporter. And you couldn't bring yourself to follow up on it because you're a bad reporter. And you just wanted it to be true. That's why. You want to be technical about it. There are a lot of circles that will never be complete as Jen Psaki rides off into the sunset. But Karine Jean-Pierre doesn't have the I'll circle back to you sort of mentality. She has the Who's the point person on this uh, baby formula thing? <laughs> I, I don't know. I thought Giggling talking about that. I'll get back to you on that. Huh. Have you noticed another reason why the left has embraced the uh, mass shooter is Fox News' fault? Is because nobody's talking about baby formula right now? None of this is done in a vacuum. None of this is done by accident. None of this is haphazard. They have opportunities. They wait for opportunities. They lie in wait. That's why... You know, the the draft of the uh climate bills and all that these they pull them out. Democrats have these massive pieces of legislation ready to go. Like, all right, well let's go. Let's try and pass this. This addresses the problem. I guarantee you right now, Chuck Schumer has at least five different gun control bills on his desk. He's trying to figure out which one is the easiest to tie to Buffalo, not not Laguna Beach. Not out in California, that one, that shooting didn't happen, doesn't matter. But in Buffalo, what can they do? Which will they do? And they will start talking about it. And they will all start talking about it by noon today if they haven't already. The hive mind doesn't need to be given orders. I told you before that they used to send out memos, now they don't. They all know. They coordinate right there on social media. Somebody will start tweeting with, this bill is the one that's going to save people's lives. And then they'll all do it. And then you'll look at that bill and you go, well, how will this have changed anything if all of these policies were in place? And they say, well, it wouldn't. But it might prevent something else in the future. If it can save just one life. If it can save just one life. And then you say, so now suddenly you're against abortion. They'll go, not the same thing. Shut your mouth. Racist. And Karine Jean-Pierre will be right there to call you a racist. (sighs) The circle of life on the left, ladies and gentlemen, the circle of life. There is other polling data out there that should be of interest and of concern to Democrats. I told you right track, wrong track. Seventy five percent say the country is on the wrong track because the country is on the right. I mean, I don't know where you come from, what planet you live on, where you're like, you know what? Things are going pretty good. I like the way that gasoline is so expensive. That's wonderful. It's the environmental nut jobs like that buffalo shooter, who look at these sorts of things and go, hey, you know, this is a pretty good idea. Environment. have got to save the environment. But what's interesting out there is, is Byron York of the Washington Examiner He's really one of the few people who's on the uh, the Brett Bear panel who's worth a damn, who's li- worth listening to on a semi-regular. He's not on nearly enough. They have too many people who are not worth listening to on too regularly. But he's one of the few who is definitely he's one of the holdovers from the old days when they had actual journalists on. Um, <clears throat> Said that they found it. They asked the question, do you consider yourself to be more of a supporter of Donald Trump or more of a supporter of the Republican Party? 34% are supporters of President Trump and 58% are consider themselves supporters of the Republican Party. Those are the highest numbers, lowest number for one and highest number for the other that has been recorded, that has been reported. So it's interesting that uh, we'll see. I don't know depends on what happens at the Pennsylvania primary but the last set of primaries was all about Donald Trump according to the media it had nothing to do with Donald Trump but it was all about Donald Trump according to the media then we come to Pennsylvania that's the next big one Ohio J.D. Vance got now oh, all like, oh, because of Donald Trump I don't, I don't know maybe I wasn't paying that much attention to it I don't live in Ohio but I know that J.D. Vance was also adopted by Tucker Carlson, for example, adopted by Fox News as their candidate in Ohio, or at least by the hosts as their candidate in Ohio. That might have been a factor, too. Now you've got a situation in Pennsylvania where all a bunch of people are adopted by various people. There are three main candidates. I don't know who's going to win. I will support whoever the Republican is, not that I'll, you know, going to quit my job and go campaign for them or anything, but I will support whoever the Republican nominee is in every race because whoever the Republican is, even a nominal Republican is better than a nominal Democrat. And there really aren't very many nominal Democrats left. But Donald Trump has inter has endorsed Dr. Oz up there in Pennsylvania. Why? Nobody's really been able to explain to me why Dr. Oz is worthy of an endorsement, other than the fact that Donald Trump likes famous people. He likes being famous, and he likes famous people. He uh, he holds personal vendettas, so if you say nice things about him, he'll be more inclined to support you. But if you say mean things about him, he'll be more likely to be against you. Down in Georgia, his choice for governor, former Senator David Perdue, is not going to come close to winning. The incumbent governor, Brian Kemp, is going to win the Republican nomination. Now, will Brian Kemp win the general election? I don't know. Will Donald Trump spend most of the general election railing against Brian Kemp, who he blames for losing Georgia? I don't know. I honestly don't know. But as a Republican, as a conservative, I don't appreciate anybody involved putting themselves ahead of victory. Because a victory for Stacey Abrams in Georgia would be a disaster for the country. And so I hope she loses. I hope whoever the Republican nominee is wins. And I would like to think we lived in a world where the Republican Party, members of the Republican Party, would have the same view. But thanks to the Never Trump goon squad, we don't. We don't. They have bastardized this party. It's kind of funny that they've gone from Never Trump to never any single Republican. Not a single one of them. (laughs) Like... Okay, now you're actively campaigning for Democrats. I think that's kind of a, you know, can we dispense with the idea that the Lincoln Project is anywhere associated with conservatism? Can we, can we should, we should, because you're not. It's just pathetic. But I watch these people scramble and you just sit there and you go, this is all about money. This is everything to do with money. Period. End of story. Money is what makes the world go round. That's why there's going to be a push by Democrats to ram through more of Joe Biden's spending. You would think in a situation where you look at the polls and you find that literally no one likes what Joe Biden is doing. No one likes what Joe Biden is doing. It's wildly unpopular. And it has been a proven disaster that government spending would not be the priority that it is, that you would sit there and go, all right, well, maybe we need to step back but you will not. They will not. Bill Clinton had the good sense after his first two years, even a little bit before the midterms there when he got his ass handed to him, he had the good sense to sort of go, all right, we need to find a third way. We need to find a middle ground. I need to come up with some conservative things I can support to try and stop the hemorrhaging. And he did. He was reelected. He stopped the hemorrhaging. Joe Biden, just let it bleed, baby. Let it bleed. So you end up with this situation where the Washington Post, they just want to spend more money. They want to spend more money and spend more money and spend more money. Washington Post has a story today that is kind of telling about how government works and doesn't work. An estimated $163 billion from pandemic unemployment benefits was stolen or misspent. The money may never be recovered. Now, Brian Riedel, who is an economist at the Manhattan Institute, I used to work with him at the Heritage Foundation, he tweets out in response to that $163 billion stolen or misspent from one program. For context, $163 billion would fund an entire year of the federal highways, transit, and veterans' health care, or give each household $1,250. He then adds commentary, clearly we need to put Washington in charge of more of our lives. Solid work. You would think in the face of this, there would at least be some questions of the administration going, hey, uh, every government program that has been related to COVID has been rife with ripoffs. People are being prosecuted for ripping off the PPP loans. PPP loans conceptually, good. You shut down Companies, you should take some responsibility for that. Shouldn't have shut down the companies, but you did. But when you get tens or hundreds of billions of dollars ripped off, disappearing, going to bogus companies and people buying Ferraris and Lamborghinis, maybe it's time to go, wait a second. Maybe we shouldn't have done this. Maybe we shouldn't do this going forward. Maybe we shouldn't do this again. Make this mistake. Nope. Not at all. It's not how it works. Serena Brown this is how the Washington Post story starts. Serena Brown Thomas had just arrived home from her shift as a custodian when she noticed an envelope in the mail from the DC government bearing her name, address and last four digits of her social security number. the letter inside said she had been awarded unemployment benefits. The problem she later recalled since she had never apl- uh, since she'd never a problem she later recalled since she'd never applied for them. The 32-year-old soon notified her bosses, believing last summer that she had put the matter to rest. But the real trouble wouldn't start until September, when Brown-Thomas did actually find herself out of a job. She couldn't get the financial support she needed. Mired in bureaucratic battles, she said she faced a months-long struggle just to prove her identity to the city. Quote, I'm still trying to figure out how to get a lot of this stuff paid, Brown-Thomas who warred at one point with the DC, with DC over her eligibility said in an interview this spring quote it was easy for them to say my soci- to use my social security to get unemployment Brown Thomas is part of a sprawling community of victims caught up in the massive series of attacks targeting the nation's generous coronavirus aid programs. More than five trillion dollars approved since the start of the pandemic has become a wellspring for criminal activity, allowing fraudsters to siphon money away from hard hit American workers and businesses who need help the most. Five trillion. And they're saying one hundred and sixty three billion was ripped off. That's just in one program. That's not including the PPP loans. That's not including everything else they were throwing money at in a panic, in a tizzy, in a freakout. And you would think you would look at this and go, wait a second. We need to stop this. At least take a breath. But no, the Biden administration is calling for more. They're calling for $40 $40 billion for Ukraine for what we don't know. It's not clear. But only about $33 billion of it is actually going to Ukraine-related expenses, and the rest is being spent on left-wing causes. Then the president has another, what is it, $2 trillion, $3 trillion, It's hard to keep track of. Spending he wants for COVID relief. He wants more money for more testing and more vaccines and more this and more that and more the other thing. And if you're going to spend more money on more vaccines, shouldn't you at least now at this point be... Uh, required to prove that they work i know that's a crazy idea and it's an anathema to the government it's not how government works but it should be it should be how we work should be what we demand to be what we demand to know if you look at the number of well here just a simple fact and this will probably still get you banned from social media but The vaccines, let's say the vaccines work. Everybody remembers, oh, the vaccine trials are showing 95% efficacy. 95% efficacy. Okay, great, great. I don't doubt their data. I doubt the methodology in general and the conclusions that they draw because while it may well have been something that was 95% effective, That would have been against the first iteration of the virus. Since then, we have been inundated with various mutations of the virus. And thankfully, luckily, knock on wood, they have been weaker each and every time. And let's hope they stay going that path to the point that it peters out completely. But if something worked against the first form infecting humans of a virus, and that virus then continually mutates, and you see in the data that those vaccines don't work as well, the efficacy rate dropping to 50%, Say, then suddenly you've got a problem. Why the hell would you buy more of those? Why would you want to buy more of those? Maybe you go to treatments, antiviral treatments, while the vaccines were fine. And if you can come with a broad spectrum vaccine to take care of all of them and everything. Then maybe we could talk about that. But in general, when you're talking about this situation with COVID, what do you have? You have antivirals. Antivirals. Viruses work roughly the same way. So antiviral treatments, theoretically, you would think would make a uh, a difference, and they have. Plax Plaxlovid or whatever the hell it's called, it seems to be doing great. Monoclonal antibodies. Everybody I've known who's gotten them swears by them. Why would you want to spend tens, if not hundreds of billions more on shots that don't work instead of treatments that do, that are? Now, maybe if the vaccines can make a quantum leap and get whatever variant that is currently out there, if it starts wreaking havoc in there, that's fine. Then do that. But realistically, there shouldn't be that much money in the vaccines going forward, at least on the trajectory that we're on right now. Future vaccines should be developed for specific mutations of the virus for the most vulnerable, the elderly, people with pre-existing conditions only. Those are the people who are still dying by and large. From this. These are the people who are getting hospitalized because of this. The nursing home community, the retirement community, those are the people who should be the focus of it. There's not enough money in that. So the pharmaceutical industry is going, all right, well, we can keep just, just you need a sixth booster. Let's do it. And the administration says, yeah, let's do it. Let's it's a matter of control. They need to keep the ability to reinstill the fear of COVID. Back into the population. That's why you're seeing, you know, oh my goodness, we could be, uh, we have to be ready for another surge, another surge, another surge. There's always going to be another surge. Will it matter? What about the results? The results are what matters. The seven day rolling average for COVID right now is 90, or this year, last year, was 34,499 cases. The seven-day rolling average right now is 90,303 cases, a tripling of the number of cases. But if you look at the deaths, the seven-day rolling average a year ago was 615. The rolling seven-day average of deaths, again, using the broadest calculations for what constitutes a COVID death, is 302. Each one of them a tragedy, but each one of them counts for half of what the number was last year. You can't glean anything because these numbers change week from week. But right now, if you are just looking at the data, the trend lines, more cases, fewer deaths. That's good. That all indicates what I was saying is that the virus is becoming less deadly. Why in the hell would you go? We need to spend more money on this when, first of all, you got hundreds of billions of dollars out there that isn't spent yet. You've got states scrambling to find new ways to spend the money they don't need. Reclaim that money. That's not how our government works. They're very generous with our money. We're actually our grandchildren's money. Our money spent, our kids' money spent, our grandchildren's money, their credit cards are about to be maxed out and we've got uh, another round of we need at least a couple trillion dollars to go. These people will never, ever, ever stop they have to be stopped. President of the United States, he was finally asked on Friday about the baby formula shortage. See, he had that uh, event at the White House on the baby formula shortage on Thursday, but it was closed to the press. It was closed to everybody and anybody. They didn't didn't have anybody in there. I played you that audio yesterday about well, you know, uh, we, I'll play it for you again, but. Ginger Goebbels in one of her command performances saying, "Oh, I um, we had the CEO of Target and Walmart here to talk about the baby formula shortage. Like, why are they talking about the baby formula shortage? Are they refusing to sell more baby formula? Are they hoarding it? No, they don't manufacture it. So what good?" is having them on there about it. It didn't matter. They just needed to make it seem, most people won't think critically about why the hell are the CEOs of these companies there. Um, So it just seems as though they're doing something. And they didn't have any cameras in there or any proof of this event actually happening because, you know, you put a camera on Joe and God knows what you're going to come out with, especially something he doesn't really give a damn about. Oh, he, Joe Biden cares about the children. No, no. If, if it was insure, that would impact Joe directly. But Joe has a young grandchild uh, with Hunter. I'm not really sure he's super proud of. I'm not sure how good of a grandpa he is for anybody. And he has the other kid with uh, that Hunter had with the stripper, but Joe has never once acknowledged that kid never once not even not even he says i've got seven, six grandkids and he's got seven grandkids they just don't count the the one that he had with the stripper um i guess it would make the family reunion really awkward because hunter slept with the stripper while just after hunter had left his wife for his sister-in-law well, he was cheating on his sister-in-law with the, with many strippers and many porn stars and prostitutes and whatever else you got it's just it's it makes for an awkward family reunion to say the least. So first I want to play you what uh, Ginger Goebbels said on Thursday about the baby formula shortage again because it sets up what the president says but the president contradicts her. Ginger Goebbels says We're, we've done every we've been on top of this from the beginning we've been doing everything we could. Doing everything possible. And now we're going to start doing other stuff, which is weird because if you're doing everything you could, everything possible, you you should have already been doing everything that you you, uh, could do, right? But um, it can't be both. I'm doing everything possible. And we've been doing everything possible from the beginning. And now we're going to start doing X, Y, and Z. Well, why didn't you do X, Y, and Z before? Shut up. That's the response from the left. But listen to it, because she does say in here that they have done everything. They've been on this thing for a while. They've been on, It's not Johnny come lately. It's not, oh, I guess we have to do something about this because people won't shut up about it, which is the realistic response. It is, she says, that they've been on this thing.
1: When will parents be able to get the formula they need? What is your best sense of when store shelves will be stopped again? Well, I think it's also important to note that the reason we're here is because the FDA took a step to ensure that babies were uh, taking safe formula. There were babies who died from taking this formula, so they were doing their jobs. We have been working, this administration has been working for weeks now to address in anticipation of where we thought there could be shortages. Um, We have also seen uh, an increase over the last four weeks of uh, supply available, which has not been an increase over the four weeks prior to the recall. That is a good sign. But obviously the steps the president took today are an acknowledgement and a recognition that more needs to be done, that we do not want parents, mothers, families out there to be stressed and worried about feeding their babies. That is why the president today had conversations with the CEOs of Walmart and Target, why he had conversations with Reckitt and Gerber about efforts to increase production, why we're taking steps to ensure that we are uh, making a, a we are making wick dollars available to a range of other supplies so we're working we're seeing increases over the last couple of weeks more needs to be done we're going to cut every element of red tape we can cut we're going to work with manufacturers we're going to import more uh, to expedite this as quickly as possible
0: they're on it man they're on it we've been on this thing we're doing this that and the other thing (laughs) by the way the thing she says about babies died baby yeah babies got sick four babies got sick two of them died from a rare bacterial infection. They shut down the factory because it was the common denominator in there uh, back in February, and they crawled through that factory meticulously and haven't found any of that bacteria. They haven't found uh, the, the the factory, according to Abbott Labs, the Abbott Corporation, whatever, that uh, owns it, that makes the baby formula there. And if this were not true, somebody would have refuted it by now that there is nothing showing that this uh, deadly tragedy was the result of what went on in this factory, that the FDA has found nothing. And the FDA admits that they have not found anything. And you have to sit there and go, okay, well, at what point do you admit that you've made a mistake? And if your government, you never, that point never comes. That point never comes. <clears throat> but it'll be interesting to follow that. Now there's political pressure on Biden. Now Biden was asked about this. He made the mistake of meandering semi close to a reporter on Friday, and was asked about this. Hey, dude, uh, should you have maybe done some stuff sooner? Because if your your administration shuts down the largest manufacturer of baby formula in the country back in February, you might want to say, hey we you're going to shut it down we we should probably have some kind of plan in place to replace what they're bringing to the table no joe biden's answer is uh it's snarky it's nasty it shows his character this story makes him look bad it makes him look disconnected it it shows him uh, unconcerned now that's who joe biden is he doesn't give a damn He wants power for himself and he likes the trappings of power. He doesn't give to the extent that he cares about anything. It's only to advance that end. So his answer is. um, Sounds like a bit of an a-hole, to be honest with you. Listen to it for yourself. Mr. President, uh, Republicans have said that your administration should have
1: anticipated this baby formula shortage before. Are you satisfied with your administration's response so far? And some of the steps that you and your administration are taking now, including uh, loosening these import uh, requirements next week, should you have taken those steps sooner before parents got to these shelves and and couldn't find formula?
0: If we'd been better mind readers, I guess we could have. But we moved as quickly as the problem became apparent to us. Now, wait a second. You moved as quickly as the problem became apparent to us. And the reporter there is saying, here's the things you're doing starting next week. Yesterday, the day before this quote was the first time the president had done anything about it. And it had been going on since February. It's the middle of May. How big of a mind reader do you have to be if you are, well, you shut down the biggest manufacturer in the country of this product? Maybe that will lead to a shortage of something. You already, thanks to uh, tra- uh, Transportation Secretary Paternity leave, does not, uh, you're not getting the formula from China off the ships fast enough. So you already had a shortage. Then you shut down a factory. You don't need to be Kreskin. To figure that, there's an old reference for you. You don't need to be crescent to figure that one out, do you? I could have figured that out. Hey, you're cutting off a huge chunk of the supply. That might lead to a problem because the other parts of the supply are problematic too. Maybe you should do something. But instead, well, if we we're better mind readers, maybe. What do you want? Leave me alone. Who cares? Babies can't vote. Just consider it super, you know, fifth-term abortions if these babies die. Just shut up. And You've already ruined a generation of kids by shutting them out of education for two years. And now you're going to ruin their mental development, the actual literal development of their brains, Joe. They're going to end up as dumb as you. We can't have that. Since I mentioned Fauci the other day, or earlier in the show, and if you say his name three times in a bathroom mirror, he shows up behind you. You can't see him because he's too damn short, but you can sense his ego because it crowds the room and sucks out all the oxygen. The Hill newspaper is reporting something that I find very funny. (laughs) The headline, Fauci says he would not serve under Trump again. Yeah, there's your no ass moment for the day. <laughs> White House chief medical advisor Anthony Fauci on Sunday said if former President Trump wins the presidency again in 2024, Fauci will not return to serve Trump in the White House. Wait, suddenly, he's referring to or his pronouns Fauci and Fauci. It's a poorly written sentence, but hey, what are you gonna do? Fauci, the chief medical adviser to President Biden, gave CNN's Jim Acosta a plain no. When asked if he would work with the 45th president again, quote, if you look at the history of what the response was during the administration, I think, you know, at best, you can say it wasn't optimal. History will speak for itself about that, Fauci said. Yeah, the guy who lied to the American public, masks don't work. Now you have to wear masks all. Now that all the good masks are snapped up, you put a piece of... uh, paper towel across your face. Just take an old tube sock. Yeah, you must do that. That won't work either, but keep doing it. That was Fauci. Wrong on just about everything. Lied about everything else. The things he wasn't wrong about, he lied about. The things he didn't lie about, he was wrong about. And he says he wouldn't work. No, I couldn't bring myself to do that. I couldn't work there. Uh, nobody asked you. You wouldn't be. You'd be fired. You should have been fired already. One of the mistakes that Donald Trump made, all the mistakes, actually, that Donald Trump made during his administration were personnel mistakes. I don't know. For a guy who, really, who was famous before, but really, really shot the fame for firing people on a TV show, he really should have fired more people. He really should have done a better job of hiring people. He didn't have anything to do with hiring Tony Fauci. Fauci was there. He was the staff he inherited. But the cabinet secretaries were people that uh, that he should have had a better job of hiring. But Fauci, oh no, I wouldn't. Any Republican. You should say you won't work for any Republican. Because every Republican should be on record saying they would can your ass the second they got into office. That's what should happen. Not... You should not be given the chance to resign gracefully or retire or whatever. No, you should be fired and you should be fired immediately. Immediately, if not sooner. Uh, by the way, if you, do you see the uh, news, that McDonald's is shutting down. They're leaving Russia. They really are. And good. For, I guess it has to do with the war in Ukraine but they have hundreds of stores over there and they're shutting them down. Sadly, this was part of our long-term plan to destroy Russia with obesity. And now that plan will have to be put on the back burner. <laughs> that plan will be put back on the back burner. We'll have to come up with something else. I just I found that joke that I said on social media to be humorous. Uh, By the way, speaking of joke on social media, Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago, what a detestable creature she is. She really is horrible. She tweeted out a photograph of herself the other day sitting in a bookstore in Texas reading to kill a mockingbird. Now, she's sitting there in this blue polka dot suit. I don't know what the hell who dresses her, but they shouldn't dress her in this suit. And she tweets this picture of her sitting in front of a caution banned books section of a bookstore. She says, in Texas, reading any damn book I choose. No banning of books or thought. Ever. She's so brave. The only problem is she's, she's sitting in front of a section of a bookstore that says caution banned books. Well, clearly those books aren't banned if there's their own section. In a bookstore, right? I, I hate to argue semantics with it, but the idea that these are banned books and here they are for sale seems wildly stupid. Or maybe it's a library. Who the hell knows? Whatever the case, she's reading To Kill a Mockingbird. To Kill a Mockingbird. To Kill a Mockingbird is banned in blue states across the country. Yeah. not Why? Because of the same reason that they want to ban Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn and all of that. The use of the N-word. You can't possibly have a book that uses the N-word. You can have a book that is a graphic novel that depicts, you know, for 12-year-olds, performing, boys performing oral sex on each other. That one you can have. And if you say, hey, this shouldn't be in the school library, you're somehow a monster. But historically, a book like To Kill a Mockingbird that is an anti-racism book, you can't have that because some people use a word that you can't find a rap song that doesn't use it. In fact, just to illustrate the point, Newsweek. Newsweek magazine back from November the 13th of 2020. Again, the mayor, Lori Lightfoot, Sitting there reading To Kill a Mockingbird, saying, I'll read any of but you Republicans, that te- you can't ban these books. I won't stand for it. Well, Newsweek. Schools in Burbank, California, will no longer be able to teach a handful of classic novels, including Harper Lee's To Kill a Mockingbird, following concerns raised by parents over racism middle and high school student English teachers in the Burbank Unified School District received the news during a virtual meeting on September 9th. Until further notice, teachers in the area will not be able to include in their curriculum Harper Lee's To Kill a Mockingbird, Mark Twain's Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, John Steinbeck's Of Mice and Men, Theodore Taylor's The K*, the key, I don't know, C-A-Y, and Mildred D. Taylor's roll of thunder, hear me cry. Four parents, three of whom are black, challenged the classic novels for alleged potential harm of the district's roughly 400 black students. All but Huckleberry Finn had been, had been required reading for students in the district. This is California. This is Gavin Newsom's California. This is deep blue California. And Lori Lightfoot is there reading it, trying to take a dig at Republicans. How dare you, Republicans? How dare you try to ban these? I will read these books. And the book she's holding is the book that is banned across the country by Democrats because of racism, because of racism, because sensitive children might be exposed. Well, what's funny about this, on top of everything else that's funny about this, is You've got a situation where the left tells us that this country is fundamentally racist. Fundamentally racist. So you would think that a book exposing fundamental racism, racism in general, societal racism, would be required reading by the left. But no, they don't want it out there. They don't want it out there because it doesn't fit the narrative. Atticus Finch is a white guy and he does the right thing. He saves the day. He's the hero. And you can't have that. That's what it's really about. It's actually racism that they're perpetuating under the name of banning racism. Liberals are that dumb. Anyway, we're out of time for today. Have yourself a great one. Hopefully it's not raining wherever you are, when it's supposed to rain where I am. But uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Rain or shine, that's the beauty of this whole thing. You? Have yourself a great one. I appreciate you listening. See you tomorrow.